Hey guys, before the episode kicks off, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Lee McQuillan. Lee, thank you so much for the new introduction. You're the man, brother. I really appreciate it and I love it. And I'm super excited for everyone else to hear it. Uh, guys, if, if you want to see some of his stuff, check him out. His Instagram is uh, 5kwid, quid or squid, but with a five. So check it out, guys. Appreciate you. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please, for the love of God, subscribe. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in you. Hello everybody and welcome to The Art of Surrender. On this episode, this is episode 19 of the podcast and I am with Ming Chua from Kickass MMA. He is a purple belt and we have just had a, some cold drip coffee and now we're having a chat. So Ming, what's going on? Oh, not much, just, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, these crazy times, doing a bit of study, yeah. uh, working, um, did a bit of training as well. well, probably a lot of training, not so much at the moment, but getting back into it. Yeah, we um, came into the, the gym here, inside their academy, Kick-Ass MMA, there's uh, heaps of cartoons on the wall, so just run through them, what have we got, Goku, uh, Thanos, Bane, yeah. got all the uh, characters from Street Fighter. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's pretty sick, I'll take some photos and we'll sh- I'll share them when I post this, because they're... Um, the gym looks, it actually looks really sick. It's like you can see that the, what's the, the owner's name? Steve Kennedy. Yeah, you can tell he's like still a little boy, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. like little boy's playground. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, uh, he's been around for a while, Steve, and um, yeah, he's, he's a funny guy. He's sort of, he's like a, um, he's like a hardcore version of Jim Carrey, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, um, let's go all the way back to the start. Um, you... Started what jujitsu about eight years ago? You said ten, ten years ten, ago. Sorry. Oh, probably eleven uh, ish. Probably ten, eleven years ago. Um, started in the nogi. You know, wanted to do the whole MMA thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> wanted to be the baddest dude on the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah, loved my stand up, and yeah, so I thought I'd go try the MMA thing. Yeah. And what what was it that um, got you into it initially? Um, well, about, back then I was about 130 kilos. Yeah. Uh, working FIFO, I think I was working a two-on-one roster, and there was a 16-year-old kid who made me tap, and he felt like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And from that day on, I decided I can never be on my back, and if I am, I'm going to be able to get off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you said um, prior to that you were doing some security stuff. Um, no, this was after. Oh, after, after that. I did it a bit when I was younger and all that, but it was all sort of. Back in the day where you sort of go to a club because you're a big bloke, they'd give you 50 bucks to stand out the front and punch on with the guys. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, they, you know, they've got this thing called a licence now. So, you know, protect, <laughs> yeah, protects, I, protects I, people, mate. It's terrible. That? I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> so, but, no, I did that, I did that later on. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, I was a, uh, yeah, worked security for a couple of years after that, yeah. Mm. And have you, did you have to use it at all in that time? Yeah, yeah. It was actually um, part of the reason why I was using it because... Um, you know, I used to love, I used to love, I used to love fighting. I was right into striking. Yeah. Um, I did all the uh, taekwondo's, karate's, um, boxing, uh, muay thai, kickboxing. 
you know, and I love banging. Um, I just I love being hit, and I loved hitting people. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's no way to sort of live. And, yeah. And um, yeah, when then that when that sixteen year old kid <coughs> subbed me, um, made me feel like I was uh, nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've all it was been it was very humbling, mate. Uh, you know, when you get a kid do that to you, uh, especially you know you're a full grown man. I think I was. 29, nearly 30 at the time. Yeah. 130 kilos. Yeah. Wasn't the fittest of people. I think I was smoking uh, half a packet of White Ox every couple of days. And yeah. I'd, uh, I think I'd drink probably 15 cans of Emu Export a night after work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so living that Pilbara life. Um, but yeah, so I, um, once I, but um, I think it was about four weeks after I, I um, started getting into the Jiu Jitsu. I remember. Um, there was a guy who threw a punch at me and I sort of slipped it and I got him in a head and arm triangle and put him to sleep. Yeah. And prior to that, I'd come home, probably most nights I'd have a black eye or sort of, sort of some scuff or fat lip or something. And then, um, yeah, that was one of the first nights didn't. Yeah. Know, sort of. Oh, so um, I, can, I, can, I can look after myself and I don't have to inflict damage on the other person too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, and then, yeah, sort of you know, getting subbed by a 16-year-old kid. You know, I think he weighed about 40 kilos. Probably, actually, I'll say 45, make him sound tougher. Yeah. <laughs> Bigger. <laughs> make yourself look a little better too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, and it just sort of, everything clicked. Um, still, like, the whole MMA thing, you know, no gi. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was about, I think I was doing that um, on and off for a while with the boys until I discovered uh, the gi, um, which brings us to a funny story. Uh, so my coach is Diego. I've been with him majority of the time. Um, because of FIFA, I've had to jump clubs a couple of times um, uh, just because of my roster and mm. you know, his classes. Um, obviously, he's got a family and stuff like that as well, so he can only do certain classes at certain times of the week. Um, so with the rosters, so, so I, sort of, I think I've, I've trained with Sola, trained with uh, Ribeiro, um, I trained with the Kuna brothers back back in the day. Um, Is this all out of Perth and the yeah, Pilbara, out Perth, of the Pilbara yeah. at all? Yeah, you, Killer you training, training while you're up there. <laughs> Actually, when I was a white belt, I think I was about second or third stripe. I had my own little club yeah, in yeah. Wickham. We used to call ourselves the Wickham Warriors. Okay. And um, we were using acromets. Um, they're carpeted as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you sort of, you had to toughen up the first week. It's a bit like the, uh, what's it, the Lion's Den story where, where Ken Shamrock used to bash the guys for, I think, 45 minutes to an hour and a half when they first come in. Yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd do about a minute on those acromats and come out with all sorts of carpet burn and rashes on our faces. And Just, but you'd do anything for the love, eh? Yeah, it was anything for the love. And we used yeah. to, um, so, you know, originally it was like we used to come in with long sleeve rashes and the uh, skins back then. Um, I think the Under Armour and Turk and stuff went around then. And you'd wear them out in a week or two every, you know, just yeah. a couple of rolls and you'd start seeing holes in them. End up with holes in your knees but too. We, <laughs> no, we, we, so we did it and we got it done. Um, you know, I needed to I needed to focus on my training. Um, you know, I've got a bit of a competitive edge. Um, and, yeah, we just did it. And I think I had about six guys there. Um, I'd sort of... We'd have um, guys who uh, were just on a mine site, living local, wanted, and there was a gold coin donation. Um, and the um, it was actually the Wiccan Kinder Gym, and they didn't want any money for it. It was just saying mm. nice that they liked that I was doing in the community. So what we did, we just put a jar out and um, 
we used to get that you know that that FIFO money and throw it in there for them. And sometimes yeah. we we get a hundred bucks a week out of it. We we do two three sessions depends on the guys. So and what you just take the classes just teach yeah, them what, yeah. teach them what you knew. Yeah, yeah yeah I think it was just Kimuras <laughs> and Americanas then <laughs> and a few guillotines oh foot locks of course yeah yeah, yeah don't forget the foot lock <laughs> the good old ankle lock mate can't, if you can't pass the guard just dive that's on it, that eh? <laughs> <laughs> grab and lock. <laughs> So that, that's interesting how, um, you know, like you're in the Pilbara, you're in an area where maybe that you don't have as much access, but you want to train. So you just like find a way to make it happen. Yeah. When I was, uh, I went to Greece in June, or actually June last year, so pre-COVID for three weeks. And that was like a jujitsu um, trip with guys from Melbourne and Sydney. And um, a few of us afterwards, we went to another island uh, called Kefalonia. Yeah. So this is in Greece, like anyway. Um, we were looking to train and we just found this like random gym, called the guys up, ended up hooking up with them and they had about seven or eight people in their gym and that was it. And there was four there on the night that we went and we just jumped in, joined in. My coach, John, actually took the, ended up teaching the class because he was a, at the time a brown belt and the guy who pretty much ran their academy had, uh, was a blue belt at the time. So they were just, you know, people... Love yep. jiu-jitsu they want to train there's eight of them they're like sort of as long as they raise enough funds to pay them pay for the um mat fees yep. they, they didn't care what they got out of it so it's like mm. sometimes you don't have the access of these massive beautiful gyms right no but you, that's but you it. just, just want to train yeah. yeah i rolled on uh i was actually at a site called marindu with my mate will bremer and mm. uh, he he done a lot of kickboxing but wanted to try the jiu-jitsu um and i think he's uh, typical jiu-jitsu guy I post everything about jiu-jitsu from memes to <laughs> techniques and you know um, so he sort of asked me he goes oh you want to show us some stuff um, this is actually prior to our little Wicked Warriors yeah and we um, we got in trouble because we had some fitness mats and we duct taped them together <laughs> about six of them and when you pull the duct tape off it obviously, obviously it tore the mats up yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. and it was actually um, uh Ian Wallace, his name was, the superintendent, I think, at the time. Um, mm. He saw what I was doing, and I had about, after about, I think, a month or two, I had about six, seven guys coming down, and then we started adding, you know, doing the run around, sidesteps, two in, two out, you know, all the yeah. cardio sort of stuff. And I um, had a uh, guy there, Steve Choates, he was a fitness and wellness officer. So he was right behind me, and he so he was sort of had the license, you could say, yeah, as the personal trainer. Um, I took the classes. He just made sure that I did everything by that, the book. Yeah, yeah, by the book, and didn't hurt, get anyone get hurt, you know. Yeah. And he um, so he we, we went to this Ian Wallace at the time. I think he was, no, so he was a mine manager or something. And then uh, yeah, he approved. Uh, what did I get? Twenty, twenty-five, twenty or twenty-five, uh, fifty mil tatami mats. Really? Yeah, jigsaw of tatami. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, um, then I got, um, what else did I get? Uh, I think I got 10 sets of Muay Thai pads, 20 sets of gloves, um, uh, 10 sets of kick pads. They built it into something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, had a, we, had a, we had a locker there, cage with all the gear in it. Yeah. Do you know if it's still going? From what I've heard, yeah, it's still going out yeah, there. That's so awesome. I'd, I'd like to get back out there one day and just see how the guys are doing and who's doing it. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, if anyone's still there that was there when you were doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had, we had about yeah, 20 guys. It was great. Um, girls, everything were jumping in for a while there. So Yeah, so you don't have to be, um, you left a footprint. 
Yeah. You don't have to be 20 years in black belt. You know, you, you don't have to be that to leave a footprint. No, no, you can be a white belt and teach bad technique. As long as you're teaching and learning something, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I said to you the other day, as long as, as long as people have no illusions to what like the level is, you know. Yeah, that's it. You know, leading people to think that like you, you know everything. Exactly. You're, not you're not a, a Pakistani belt or a black belt, belt or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, that's good. So we, you were telling me before, and we. Uh, I don't know how to really like bring it in, but you were sort of telling me about how jujitsu has positively influenced your life. Yeah, and yeah, you, it, it which has. Would be prefaced by some other things that have happened. Yeah, so. Do you want to talk, tell me, tell yeah, us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, so jujitsu is probably the biggest one that changed my life. As in, um, like martial arts has always been a part of my life and a way for me to keep on a straight and narrow. But for about five years, I was a uh, amphetamines addict. Mm. Um, from the age of about 18, I think I was, 18 or 19 to about 23. Um, and I also spent a couple of years in jail um, for just fighting. Um, I sort of, actually, I was, I was so bad on the drugs that I was actually down to 79 kilos. Uh, if anyone knows me, I sit around about 120 to 125, depending on how much carbs I'm eating at the time. <laughs> um, how you strict you are with your diet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, and people see how much I struggle to get the weight back off in it's competition time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not eating carbs for three months is one of them. <laughs> so, um, you know, and uh, so, yeah, so that's about a 30 kilo difference between now and what, yeah. 40, 40 kilo. So you weren't healthy? Oh, no, man. No, I'm actually happy. I'm, I've still got all my teeth, so yeah. I didn't have to join Collingwood. Uh, I can stay with the West Coast Eagles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Go the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. Go the Eagles. But I um, you know, did that, and then I got locked up. And um, back then, I was still, still six foot, I think, whatever I am now. I'm 193, 192 centimetres, I think. Yeah. So six foot four, six foot three, something like that. So this, 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 uh, this brings me back to when you mentioned the smoking a half a packet of White Ox a day. I yeah. was like, oh yeah, that's where he gets it from. Yeah. Jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love the White Ox. <laughs> Nothing like good old racehorses. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you know, and um, I did, I did a lot of kickboxing and boxing and then do kai and you know uh, karate and stuff and when I got out I sort of jumped between the two lifting heavyweights but uh, drinking a lot more piss than I was than I do now mm. um, so I sort of even though I got, I got clean um, you know I actually had to move away from Perth um, when I got out because I, I had so many bad influences in my life I actually uh, took off to my uh, deceased um, father um, went and lived with him in Port Hedland mm. um, and that's where I started sort of doing Zendukai kickboxing and then after about two years I got my apprenticeship with BHP um, and at that stage I sort of started realising I couldn't be on that path of drinking piss every weekend mm. um, and lifting heavy weights. I remember one time I think, I think we drank a six pack of export and went to the gym, buffed up, you know, got the festival look going then went to the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the sort of attitude I sort of had, but then... Um, to it's just not sustainable, that's the thing. It is at the time when you're young and stuff. Like if I did that now, I'd probably, I'd probably OD at the, at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and so anyway, yeah, so I sort of got back into the martial arts and, you know, I was helping me with my weight issues and stuff. And um, But I found doing the striking and all that, you know, if, if someone sort of bumped me in a pub or whatever, I was, you know, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, cunt? Sort of, yeah was my response to people wasn't, you know, and, um, 
uh, you know, because you know, sort of, could you? I think with those sort of arts, they're a great art, and I'm not dissing them whatsoever. But you've got to be very aggressive. Then, mm. um, like, I don't, I'm not sure if you've had any experience with it, but I remember when I was kickboxing, I hit the pad hard. You had power sessions, you had speed sessions, and you had your technical sessions. I, I love the power sessions, just king hitting the, the bag, you know. Mm. Um, and because I had that mentality, like, if anyone wanted to go me, piss straight, whatever, I, I'd want to fight. Um, but nowadays, I sort of, um, once going into jujitsu, man, it, it's, it's really humbling, man, because, like I said, We'll say he's 50 kilos now. Um, kidding. <laughs> he's getting bigger. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy is getting bigger. <laughs> I just realised how bad it sounds. <laughs> okay, so this 40 to 50 kilo kid. <laughs> um, you know, it's quite humbling because it makes you realise what people can do mm. with the right training. Um, and in saying that, it just sort of made me realise I need to respect people more. I need to respect everything more. Um, mm. And then obviously getting into the competition side of the things, um, it, it's, it's put me on a stage where, you know, I'd stay off the piss. Um, and actually, it was funny, I'll tell you another one. When I was, uh, when I used to compete, when I first started getting into competing, I'd, 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 get, I'd get off the cigarettes and I wouldn't drink for, for anywhere up to three, four months prior to a competition. <clears throat> and what I'd do the night before the competition, I'd go down and smoke half a pack of cigarettes smash two points and could yeah no two points after three months is we'll put you on uh, for any yeah. man on his ass you know yeah yeah it's plenty and then i gotta go compete the next day and if i lost i'd go because i smoked and they points the night before oh, oh no um and it was funny because my wife my wife said to me one day she says if you keep doing that i'm, I'm not gonna let you waste i think i can't remember the fees are but it's 60 bucks a year or something for afbjj and yeah, it's about like 90 bucks a comp. Yeah, it's something, something like that. Mm. You've got to pay like an annual membership fee. Yeah. You've got to pay like 80 or whatever dollars yeah. For, the, yeah, yeah, for the registration. Actually, I think I've got my original AFBJJ card somewhere around. That's, yeah. yeah. I don't give them out anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, my, um, my wife said to me, she goes, look, if you want to compete, that's great. But I'm not looking to let you um, waste it. Um, like drinking piss and cigarettes the night before. Mm. So... Um, no, she goes, if you want to compete, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And uh, like I said to you before, my wife is scary. If you ever seen her chop up a chicken with a butcher knife, you'd understand why she's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my friends are scared of her as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then um, my nerves used to be crazy. I didn't realise this was like an anxiety sort of thing. Yeah. Do you think, what do you, th- what do you think that, because I, I view that as when you're talking about having half a packet of cigarettes and a few pints the night before mm. after what sounds like your preparation has been good for months is kind of like that last minute sort of, and I'm, I'm, I definitely do this to myself, not in the, the same way, but no, 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 self-sabotaging. Yeah, you know, like basically. It, you've done all the stuff you need to do. Now all you need to do is go to bed, wake up and put it on the mat, you know, win, lose or draw, you know, but then, you, but then we, all, we all have this like element of, Oh, yeah, well, you know, let, let me see how I can fuck that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It, it, it's a, like a, yeah, it's a subliminal self-destruction mode or something. Mm. I think we all have elements of that mm. it's like in just different a, ways. It was know? just a nerve thing for me. It was just, mm. yeah, because, you know, I've, I've always sort of been the big guy, uh, you know, going on to the man's get my ass handed to me. It was just not something I liked. <laughs> 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 I want to be the big dude. <laughs> yeah. 
happy big dude, but the big dude. Handing out <laughs> the beatings, not receiving them. Yeah, and uh, that was my way of uh, copying, copying the beatings. Uh, sorry, uh, no, for excuse for me to, uh, to basically fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, so after that, I, I, the next comp I went into, I remember it was um, 2014, I think, or 15. And um, the night before, I couldn't stop throwing up. Mm. Had this beautiful dinner. I think at the time I was paleo. I'm doing the paleo for the Whole Foods and, you know, living out of the trees and um, the non-processed food and stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was like, uh, I just couldn't stop throwing up. Um, and all night. Um, and then I was just so drained the next day. And then I, I, I lost on points for that one. It was only a single match. Being a big guy, it's good because you only have to have two or three matches yeah, for yeah. the gold. <laughs> I think I, yeah. And then um, another time, I remember it was I actually I had the squirts. Yeah. <laughs> what the night before? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I almost went back to drinking the night before. Is this all just this is all just nerves? Yeah, just yeah. nerves. Just this, the power of the mind is amazing. What it yeah. can what, what it can do to you, and. Um, it was, I can't remember what it was, a couple of comps and, you know, I sort of realised what it was, is because it wasn't actually being on the mats, because we do that all the time, we go and we, we drive, you know, we spend whatever, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in a car, we go, we get on the mats, um, I only found this out a couple of years ago, by the way, what it, what it was, it was, and then we, we roll around, you know, clap hands, fist bump, hey, how you doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, the bro thing. I'm good, um, my friend. That's it, mate, you know? <laughs> the pressure. Um, but then, what? It, that's fine, the rolling thing. You always have fun out there, regardless if you're comp- high-level or low-level competition. Mm. It's, what for me was, was the actually standing up part. I freaked out every time about standing up. Like the before you hits before it hits the ground. Yeah, yeah. So the take on it because I'd, I'd get up there and go, "What the fuck am I doing here?" Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't figure it out, and I sort of did a few MMA classes to try to learn takedowns. Um, uh, my coach Diego, he's a second degree black belt in judo. I think it is. Correct me if I'm wrong, Diego. Um, <clears throat> and he. Um, he does. He's, he's now incorporating the judo on the. I think Monday nights we do half a session of judo mm-hmm. um, with our BJJ, and he, he just shows us how to you know, do a hip throw. Or, um, uh, I'm not going to say the Japanese names because I'll sound like an idiot. Sayanagi. Uh, yeah, Sayanagi. <laughs> um, something like that, and then and then he will show us where the, the grips are to hold to go get straight into side control or sitting side control or full mm-hmm. mount, uh, or even go straight for an armbar. Well, I think it's great, um, especially for the kids that we've got um, doing the class. Um, it just just gives you so much more confidence walking onto the mats, being able to just be able to do that hip throw or hip toss or mm. you know um, any any sort of takedown. Um, but that's um, the, we want, yeah, that's the comfort in jujitsu is being on the that's, ground. That's right? two but points, mate. That's, yeah. that's two points straight up. Get them yeah. on their back. As long as you as long as you pass, as long as you're in side control mount, you, you've got your two points. Yeah. So it's. You know, it's, and, and some, especially someone in my size, like most of the time, the big guy gets on his back. It's very hard to get them off, get them off their back. Yeah. To get off your back, sorry, not them, but to get off your back. Because um, you know, if you're, I, 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 I sit around usually when I compete, I try to go down about 112, 115. Yeah. Um, and I got, I fought guys up to 165 kilos, man, just big, 
monsters, mate. Just big sweaty monsters. What is it? Does that come down to whoever whoever ends up on top yeah, first? Yeah, yeah, just gonna, yeah. Just gonna win because the like other a, guy can't get out. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a sumo belly flop sort of thing. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was about about two years ago, and um, even um, I, was, I was doing okay. Um, and I've got a couple of takedowns and just sort of like me stepping in the right way at the time and the person just let me throw them sort of thing yeah yeah. Um, walked into it yeah basically you know it wasn't it wasn't like I went oh yeah and went oh double underhooks and lifted them up and put it was, it was more like I was just it was just luck man you know mm. um, and I ended up on top and then um, I thought oh okay so I need to learn takedowns and Steve Kendi he's a massive massive wrestling wrestling person um, he's always said his wrestling's where it's at MMA Jiu-Jitsu and stuff like that and I found a coupon voucher <laughs> yeah. for um, Gladiator Wrestling that's uh, Coach Allen out at Gladiator and mate I'll tell you what um, you've got to be fit for wrestling there is there is you need to get fit mm. there is there is no compromise it's a very very um, alpha alpha sport and um after I think it was I think what did I do with him I think I did I think I did about three weeks prior to Pampax four weeks and uh, he said oh, I'll pull you aside and he showed me the snap down technique um, I went to a class and it was a kids class so he pulled me aside and said oh come over here and we'll, we'll practice while they're you know to the adults class now and he just showed me a snap down and <clears throat> some basic moves and I was you know like anything in jiu-jitsu if you want to get good at it just keep practicing the same move over and over until you get good at it mm. um <coughs> I went to Pampex, um, also part of it was because I got absolutely destroyed um, in a no-gi state comp uh, that year as well, <clears throat> and uh, I got actually thrown off the mats <laughs> by a double leg, it was great, uh, I landed flat on my ass on the, on the polished wood, oh. it was beautiful man, and they, they wanted me to take a five minute break, but I knew if I stopped at my age I, was, I wasn't getting back up, so I went straight back into it, <laughs> anyway, so um, segueing there a bit but uh yeah we got into the wrestling man and i remember that comp um i was doing everything man at the my house i was jumping in the pool at 12 o'clock at night time yeah no recovery trying um, to get it all right sunday mornings i was flowing around with my with my dummy um you know i was, I was running i was cycling I was just pushing everything and i just remember the wrestling man just changed my game and um so that was for pampex i was a blue belt then <clears throat> And I remember for the first time in my life, I walked onto the mats and felt good. Yeah, like competition mats? Yeah, mm. it was in Melbourne, uh, 2000, not last year, 20, 2018. Mm. My goal has always been to go to Pampex and do my best there. And I remember walking onto the mats and I actually came back and said to Diego, I said, this is the first time, man, I walked onto the mats. I looked at the, at the ref and um, I, I couldn't hear nothing except for him go, Know, come forward, yeah. combat, combat, like ready to go. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I was like, I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear the, I couldn't hear the, uh, you know, the Brazilian national anthem in the background, or yeah. <laughs> I couldn't hear the crowds. I just remember it was a weird feeling, eh? and that was the first time I actually had confidence going onto the mats. Mm. And how how did it end up going? Um, I got so that was the gi one. So I got double bronze in the gi, and in no gi I got double gold. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I've seen the photo of it. I've sure. got I've got a few on my Instagram. Yeah. I'll post. Don't worry. I'll make sure everyone knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Nah, it's just, you know, it's, for me, it's, um, I love it because I just, I see who I was when I was, you know, that person and mm. who I am now. And I'm, I'm, you know, actually, I realised one day that my dad would be proud of me and that's all that matters to me in my life. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I got into the, the wrestling and that, that's just, yeah, like I said, especially in the no-gear, it just, it changed me completely. Mm. Um, the conference was there and, you know, I came back and that's where I really started pushing the, um, the wrestling um yeah and i went to another i went to summer the summer no gi comp and i got beaten in the first match um and that was just nerves again mm. and then i remember the second one um i had to go absolute um and one of the guys was really small again <laughs> um i didn't want to compete um but a really nice guy geo uh, from margaret bjj if you ever um down that way go go say hi to them boys really great great guys yeah and then um so we i beat him um i think i was lucky to beat him actually he's actually really good <laughs> he grabbed my arm and like climbed on my back but we sort of went off the mats <laughs> so they had to restart it so i lost his position yeah, yeah i think yeah. i think if we were still on the mats he probably would have choked me out so I'm not going to let him do that again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the same guy, uh, Dan Wallace, we, uh, we had a role and he, he, he got the takedown, but I just, I don't know, I just moved out of the way and sort of re-rolled and I ended up on top. And it just woke me up um, again. And then it was just a, it was just a big boys game uh, for that one, just maintaining top pressure. And I won just one points. Um, yeah, so it was just since, and then I went to ADCC against... Uh, Actually, so I went to SGT. That was really good. And that, that's when I sort of started getting um, my stand-up defence. Um, it was just when people were trying to take me down. I just had that confidence, you know, to be able to push their head to the side, sprawl, yeah, single, yeah. double, sprawl, um, gi, no gi. Um, and I ended up... Uh, I, got, I got gold in the adults. Um, I think we had one walkthrough. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really good for me. That, was, that, was, that mentally was a really good boost uh, for my own personal confidence. Um. <laughs> Got someone singing in the background. Yeah. And then uh, from there went to um, I went to Bali and fought in the uh, but actually no sorry I went to ADCC and um, I got I got mauled by Maxwell Hearn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uchi yeah. Maxwell on uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. The man himself. He uh, mate that was a that was a great match. Me and him both. Um, we both had a uh, really long five-minute match of just try, both trying to outpower each other, I think it was. And then he, on the second, um, yeah, he, he beat me in points. It was great. Just, it was so a great you, guys match. Are, you guys have won a piece, eh? Yeah, You've yeah, won yeah. one and he's won one. Yeah, I got him. I subbed him at the SGT comp. Yeah. Um, oh, so I, I reckon that means you've probably got the edge on him then. Well, I am three divisions it... older than him. Just, <laughs> just want to put it out there, boys. Sorry, Max. <laughs> he's going to kill me next well, time. You've, you've, you've subbed him and he's beaten you on points. It's kind of like McGregor Diaz. <laughs> yeah. You know, like McGregor edged out a decision, mm. but Diaz fucking choked him. So. Yeah, that's it. So, so, so Max, mate, you got you got to win the next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he knows the trilogy's coming up. The trilogy's coming up. <laughs> yeah, probably one day. Um, but he's still, is he still blue belt? Or is he purple yet? Uh, blue at the moment. Yeah, still blue. Yeah, still blue. So. No, he's, he's a great competitor. That guy, man, he's just just an absolute beast, though. So I think I'm, I'm going to call it a lucky win that one. Um, but yeah, so and then I went to Bali, um, and I got there, and um, I remember getting there, and the guy said to me, "Oh, sorry, Ming, but." We've got no one in the blue belts. Um, do you mind going into the pro league? 
Is this uh, Bali MMA? Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. Bali Open they had. Yeah, like. what's it? What's it like over there? That's is that is that That's out of Changu? Yeah, yeah, Changu. Yeah. They got uh, they got two jiu-jitsu clubs out there actually, uh, Synergy and the Bali MMA. Yeah, okay, sick. That'd be good to like be. Were you just on a holiday in between? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just on a holiday. Um, I had went over there for three weeks. I think it was with, with the family. I just and we went over there and um, I saw on the dates that I think I landed there on the. <coughs> I landed on the Thursday, and the comp was on the Saturday. Yeah. So um, instead of doing the whole Bali Bogan thing, I went. We went to I think that day we went to we went to we got to Bali, and then that night we went out for dinner. The next day we went to one of the waterfalls in Bali. Yeah. Uh, spent the day out there with the family and our friends that we went with, um, and then so the next day I was pretty fresh and feeling comfortable being there it was one of the worst weights I've ever had man I think we started we got there to weigh in was 8am and my first fight was at 4pm Jeez, that's a long day so it was funny though because I was in the uh, uh, heavyweight division um, and I still had to weigh us in there was only you, are, you, are you cutting weight leading up to these things, or are you just yeah, sort of training yeah. no, down? I just to cut. The, I just cut. Yeah, I, I, sauna. I, how, how do you usually do it? Um, I've so the last few comps I've been using the ketogenic diet. Yeah. Um, I don't use saunas and stuff. Like that. I just do lots of training. Yeah. Um, I sort of train to be. Uh, I just do lots of jujitsu, lots of wrestling, um, a bit of bike riding, cardio when I can. Um, but yeah, I, it's all on the mat stuff. Yeah. I've, 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 as my body's getting older, I've started incorporating strength and mobility training now. But um, yeah, mainly diet, nutrition is where it's at, man. Mm. Um, learning more about it as I um, get older because I'm studying my Cert three and four in personal training at the moment. Yeah. So, okay. Mm. That's what you want to do moving forwards. Yeah. Well, I, I, I um, I've, I've been doing FIFO um, for about twenty years. Yeah. I started with mines when I was 16 years old. Yeah. Um, I'm 40, 41 now, turning 42 in February. That's a slog. Yeah, I mean, obviously I had a, a bit of a break with uh, going to jail and stuff like <laughs> that, and uh, being a junkie. But um, you know, um, you know, that's part of the reason why I went back to FIFO as well because they're so strict with their drug testing and all that. And it's yeah. just a good way for me to keep myself focused. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. when you, you know, you go from the doll. I think at the time I was earning, I think it was about 400 bucks a fortnight. Yeah. 500 bucks a fortnight and then you go to the mining you know you can earn anything from thousand dollars a week to I've heard of people earning up to five thousand a week you know yeah 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 change, so, change your life change your life man change yeah. my life <clears throat> now I've got an expensive taste now <laughs> can't, can't drink the old Smirnoff vodka now I think it's uh, I'm going to think a Crystal Skull is my choice now <laughs> so the quality of life goes up with the money hey yeah so um, I completely lost where we were at just then what were we saying? Competition, Bali. Bali, yeah. So anyway, weight cut. Yeah, that's right. The weight cut. Um, so nutrition. That's and that's all I did. I just stayed on the ketogenic diet. So I stayed away from carbs, any any sugars. Um, kept my carbs down about ten percent a day. Fat added seventy percent. Um, and I think it's thirty percent, thirty or forty percent protein. I can't remember. So how do you how do you uh, like measure all these things? Because I mean that's it's all right uh, so to sprout off stats and stuff like that. But yeah. what do you, like what are you actually are you eating cool? when you're doing this? Oh, okay. Or, or so how, what are you like generally eating, and what sort of what sort of 
apps or programs you use okay, to monitor Okay, so the, to monitor, monitor my food, I use a MyFitnessPal app. Because um, you can actually barcode your um, ingredients and all that sort of stuff um, and just put a rough, and I just use that as a rough estimate. Um, you know, you can go a little bit higher in carbs depending on what your requirements are. Um, but I, I, I uh, yeah, I just use it as a rough guide. So the sort of foods I eat, um, so I stay away from any coloured vegetables, um, green vegetables. Uh, stay away from. Yeah, coloured vegetables. Okay. Uh, so they tend to have a bit more fructose, fruit sugar, and all that. Don't don't quote me. Yeah. I'm not a nutritionist. Bro or, science. Yeah, it's bro science pretty okay. much. Um, most of my information I've got off Google um, and stuff like that, just through friends who are personal trainers and stuff. And I basically just cut out all carbohydrates, like no rice, pastas, bread, um, grains. Um, yes, I do put butter in my coffee. <laughs> um, and uh, good meats, eat like grass-fed meats and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Mm. And so that, that's been working for you? Yeah, but now I'm trying. I've actually, um, I'm actually trying at the moment to add carbs into my life again because I just can't be bothered it's too hard with the family and stuff like that trying to eat no carbs while they're eating carbs and yeah different meals and everything so I'm actually trying a more um, controlled diet so you know if I eat a lot of carbs at lunchtime I'll probably try avoid them at dinner mm. um, you know just sort of even out my levels for the day but yeah like just use my MyFitnessPal app and it gives you a rough idea Mm. Um, you got to make sure you put the right stuff in because everything has different ingredients. So if you put a different brand in, they can be quite significant in the in the uh, nutritional value. Yeah, sure, I'm with you. Mm. But yeah, so yeah, I went to Bali and fought there, and just my confidence grew, man. Um, I, I actually got third in the uh, pro division, so um, I got smashed by a brown belt man. It was wicked. Oh, <laughs> I think they called him the sweetest samurai. He got this wicked guillotine on me. Um, but then I ended up winning, uh, beating a brown belt and a purple belt by uh, overtime, you know, the EBI rules. Mm. So overtime, um, and I was at the time, all I did was practice um, rear neck escapes, and that's how you start. You start in back control, mm. and hooks so, in back control. Aid, yeah. yeah, with a seatbelt, seatbelt grip. Yeah, seatbelt yeah. grip, and um, that's what I did was practice that for weeks before that, because that was just like one of my spots where the smaller guy was sort of able to get under me and take my back which mm. happens a lot with the big guys smaller arms easy to get under the throat sort of thing yeah and then um so i managed to get two two faster escapes and hold them down yeah and i got third for that one and then i went to the absolute and got destroyed by this really small japanese guy <laughs> really small Japanese guy. <laughs> I, think about, I think he was about 50 kilos as well <laughs> so your arch nemesis is back again <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But, eight, um, eight years later, nothing's changed. You're still yeah, getting choked out. That's it, eh? You're never the best, mate. Every time, you, you, every time you think you're getting good, someone always comes oh, and ruins yeah. your, ruins that's your the, party. That's the, um, that's the thing about it that reminds you, like, you just got to keep improving, hey? Like, there's always... Because, yeah. Yeah, you, like, yeah, we all get we all get better and improve, and you start to feel good about it, and then someone, so, at some point, reminds you yeah. that there's just, like, there's people who are a lot better. Oh man, it's funny, like you get the, the nerdy jiu-jitsu guys, yeah. they come in and you think, oh yeah, no worries, and you have a roll with them. One thing I've learned, uh, especially over the last couple of years, is go easy on the first guy, because that guy's usually the one that's going to tear your head off. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I found just going in and um, just feeling each other out, you know, the first couple of guys is probably the best way to do it. Mm. If there's any advice I give to anyone, that that's it. Eh? <laughs> so I wanted to take, take it back a bit, you were talking about your... Um, well, 
the striking and then jujitsu and, mm. and jail and saying like how it changed you. Yeah. What do you think the difference was between the the striking and the um, grappling? For me, it's one the sort of cha- yeah change. One, one, one I, you, I personally think, think you that are. if I if I were to grapple someone when I'm drunk, mm. I think personally it's it's probably a dangerous thing for the other person um, because you learn stuff like chokes, um, you know, cranks, arm bars. Uh, locks all that sort of thing and um, not saying not saying I'd do that to everyone if, if that happened in a situation I'm just more aware of what that I can do like that mm. where when you're sort of striking you just sort of hit someone before the old one this was before the one punch knockout was such a big thing mm. the one punch death sort of thing um, so I you know and then also I mean look I mean this is the variation of size in jiu-jitsu these days like mm. you walk into a gym Everyone's always scared of the big guy in the corner, but I'm 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 scared of the small little guy with the smile on his face. Mm. Now you know. <laughs> so for me, it was just a humbling experience and learning that you know size does doesn't matter. Mm. Like I know you see all the memes on the ADCC um, Instagram and all that, and you have some big massive dude on top of a little dude, but it, it doesn't matter size. Um, I've seen little guys just tear me up uh, over the years, and you know what? That's awesome. That's why I've got both my daughters in wrestling and jiu-jitsu now. So. Mm. Try and make them better humans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my mum said to me one day, and I love me mum, and she goes, well, why don't you get them doing more girly things? And I said, well, I can. I said, well, tell me this, mum. Say so they're 16, 18 years old. They're at a party. You know, They've had a few drinks, and some guy's putting a hard word on them. Mm. And, you know, my daughter says no, and the guy grabs her and puts her on her back. What do you, well, what's a violinist going to do for her then? Mm. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, if my daughter can, you know, sweep him and get out of there, notify a friend or the police or something, she's, she's, I've done my job as a father. Mm. And my mum went, you know what? It's probably a good thing. Let him do jiu-jitsu and wrestling. Mm. So. And things like that, that doesn't have to be um, something that they do forever. You know, mm. if they start at a young age, like you were saying, you know, it's five, six years, like that's enough to have it, like you know, in in their nervous system kind of thing yeah. for, for, for a long time. So that it doesn't, they don't have to be on the mats four days a week when they're 25 still, no. you know, but you, they'll have like a base understanding that will protect them forever, you know. And that comes with what level of confidence, comes mm-hmm. with ca- calmness, comes with the ability to go into a workplace and not, well, not let anxiety sort of, you know, you, you, can f- you can feel like you're in a room with whoever and you can hold yourself at any level, yep. people above you, people below you, you can like be centered. Well, my um, youngest daughter, before she started doing wrestling with Coach Allen, she used to just stare at people. And mm. if we put her involved in any sort of team or group thing, she would actually break down and cry. Um, now we get to Gladiator and she's out the car, in the car, runs through the car park with her stuff and runs into the mats before we even get mm. out of the car these days. Um, and just just that alone is just so you can see how it works for people. Mm. It changes people, eh? Mm. I've seen it. I've seen it even in um, Sydney. We had a young guy come into the gym, and he was, I'd say, fourteen, fifteen. Um, he'd been like picked on at school and stuff like that. Kind of looked like this, like a little bit like the kind of stereotypical guy who would get picked on, kind of. Yep. Um, and I say that with full respect, of course. 
but yeah, he started training and like six months in, a year in, year and a half in. I, I've obviously moved back since then, but he's still training now. Different person, different person, mm. completely changed. But or not just even just the, not just the, um, you know, the skills that he was developing that give gave him confidence as well. It's also you, you know, every academy that you go to is a community right yeah, and, and people they're always a welcoming environment wherever you go and so when you join a gym whichever gym it is I'm sure whoever listens no matter what gym they train at they would understand yep. the community that, that their gym has and then when it's, people it's come a part of it it's, a, it's absolutely ridiculous the community <clears throat> of Jiu Jitsu now <clears throat> I remember um, when I first started competing um, and we actually had the nationals in WA they, they come over here one year um, that was my first comp and I think we only had three or four mats out there Three yeah. spaces. I think we've got up to six now. Yeah, the, so. the, it's pretty big. Hey, like in the where have I, I've been to the Herb Graham Center. Yeah, and then the um the, in the Joondalup Arena as well. Yeah, Joondalup Arena, and they used to do it at the um what's it near Warwick there. There's a big center there. I forget. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, they used to they used to do it out there. Whitford's, I think Whitford's um, mm. Recreation Center. Yeah, now, so what, you've gone from two to three mats into, like, six, seven. Sort of yeah. Thing. yeah, and yeah. What, uh, what's match? I mean, uh, so Adam Metcalf, he's run eight or nine mats now, and he had his SGT comps. Does he do that out of his academy? He does the white belt comps out of his academy. Yeah. He runs three, I think, three mats, three three sec mats on there. Yeah. And then for the SGT comp, he runs, I'm pretty sure he had eight or nine mats last time. That's a lot, eh? That's ridiculous, man. That's a lot man. of jiu-jitsu, that's, man. That's, yeah. <laughs> a lot of jiu-jitsu and acai. <laughs> but he, he seems to get it going, finishing on time, though, which is a good thing. Especially when you've got a wife at home chopping up a chicken out of the meat cleaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if, he's, if he's running his gyms on time, that's a very successful um, day because yeah. I, I've, all the uh, competitions I've either competed in or just been to to support, it's never on time. Mm. No, it's never there was one. Time. There was one uh, where they ran the nationals in Melbourne in 2017, and they did. They tried to do it in one day. Mm. They've gone from a three-day comp to a two-day comp, and they tried to do it in one day. And I think I think they were competing at two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no, no good. You can't do it that way. No, that's crazy. Yeah. Or the Australian, the national comp. Everyone goes from all over Australia there, and they try to run it in one day. Mm. Absolutely crazy. So what's um. Tell me what, aside from the actual training itself, um, that you're saying like has improved things. Do you think it's the, all the good habits that come with it? You know, like the nutrition and. I think you you got to especially now. I'm like I'm 41 years old, and I'm finding you know you've got to learn your body what it can and can't do. Mm. And jujitsu teaches you that because you're put in so many awkward situations, awkward positions, and it, you know. For me, it's uh, for me these days. It's a lot of holding on, especially these young guys, and trying to just um, you know the old bull. You know, they got the two bulls. They're at the gate, and yeah. there's a field full of cows. The young bull runs in, and goes, "Let's let's fuck them. Let's go get a fuck." And the old bull goes, "Why well, would we do that when we can walk in there and fuck a lot of them?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's five by terminology. <laughs> no, I still I still understood what you were saying. <laughs> So, you know, um, uh, I don't know if that's a reflection of me or <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you're getting on the, uh, you, you're getting to the age, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> but um, no, like now I, I, the nutrition, um, you know, for me, I, I, like I said, I, I got onto the keto, uh, learned how to you know, substitute carbs and fats. 
Um, you know, before that, I've, I've tried paleo, which was great. I just didn't like the hunger factor of it. Like, I was always hungry. Um, keto, yeah, ridiculously full all the time. You actually go down to the thing that's got OMAD, one meal a day. Mm. Um, I'm actually fasting now. I've never, I, I'm so used to fasting now that I rarely have breakfast. Like, I have, like, I have a black coffee until like one, two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Sometimes I'll have my first meal. Yeah, okay, wow. There you mm. go. Yeah, it's intermittent fasting. Yeah, I yeah. just do it naturally now. So what's, um, what's something you would say to, like, you know, as a guy who's 41, what would you say to someone coming up who's sort of, um, you know, redlining it and you'll sort of have a bit more of a mindful approach now. You, like, realise your age, you realise your limit, limitations, mm. you're eating healthy, you're trying to, you know, work, create, just be, sort of live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. What, what, what sort of things do you have, uh, what sort of advice would you have for someone that's younger that's coming up that's just sort of a bull at the gate um, with their approach to it all? Timing, learn your timing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest things you could ever do. Like for me, I've, I'm studying at the moment, working, uh, family, timing is great. You need to, as much as being on the mats every day, enjoy life because mm. it will be become part of your life, jiu-jitsu. I've tra- every country I've been to, I've trained jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> Including Tokyo. Oh, that was one of the best experiences ever. Um, but timing... Uh, Learn, learn learn your body as well learn learn about your body learn about you if you're you know if you're if you're really like a big guy learn about nutrition um, if you're a small guy uh, learn about strength because um, strength does help with jiu-jitsu if it doesn't help you like you know, doing it it probably won't help you attacking or anything much but it'll be more of like uh, saving your, your your body later on strength mm. training is so good for injuries mm. um, yeah it's more it's not just about being strong in a role it's about injury prevention yeah, yeah. having strong ligaments strong muscles like just a strong body yeah Stro- all your stabilizer muscles everything you mm. need you need them um, the older especially the older you get um, because your body does slow down I've, I've, I've noticed it probably increased over the last three years yeah from 38 to 41 like you know like 38 I was training two three times a day yeah. And I still had gas in the tank to be a dad and play video games till midnight and stuff like that. Now, <laughs> now sort of sleep's becoming a big factor in my life. <laughs> so, like, you know, back then I could still drink a cart of piss every weekend. Now I'd be lucky to drink a six-pack. Yeah. So. so. But, um, yeah, definitely learn about your body, uh, what it can and can't do. Um, uh, you know, ask as much as your instructors probably get annoyed with it. Getting asked questions every five minutes, just keep asking. Mm. Um, always ask. I always ask, um, and don't be afraid to ask if the technique is right, because I've been I've done techniques for years that were wrong, mm. and then and then I was showing something different, and then it just snapped. I was like, it's like I found God, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've done, I've like guard passing or something like that. And I've been doing a certain way for years and got away with it. And then one day, oh, you're supposed to do this a little bit of twist of the hips. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very enlightening. I um, um, I distinctly remember talking to someone from Melbourne, Phil Grapsis, and he sort of talked about um, he'd been training jujitsu for many years, and. I think he was a brown belt at the time and then he said like he met um, Professor Pedro Sauer and when he went to his seminar and it was like going into a room where he was sort of like lost and everything was um, like fra- his jiu-jitsu was fragmented mm. and it was like walking into a room and somebody just flicks the light on yeah. and then he's like oh fuck now I understand mm. and then just you know the light bulb sort of moments 
when, I, um, when things click, hey, that's that's when you really understand what you're looking for when something clicks. Yeah. One of my favourite seminars was with Craig Jones. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you've been to any of his seminars. No, I haven't. Oh, it's the way he the way he gets those footlocks, and he's he's a yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I went to, uh, we had, well, speaking of Craig Jones, we had, uh, Kaizen had his coach, Lachlan Giles, come. Yeah, heard about that. Yeah. He had him for three days or something. Yeah, three full days. They've had him a couple of times. I was only at one of them. Yeah. did, it's like six hours a day for three days. Yeah. And he did different things. But I, I just, I only paid to go to one of the days. Like, and I know that doesn't make sense, but mm. the, it was one full day on leg locks. And I just figured like, man, 18 hours of jiu-jitsu in a weekend. There's, I'm, I'm going to forget more than I learn. Yeah. So I was like, if I just go to one day, focus on strictly the leg locks, and, pl- and then I can play with that afterwards, that I'll, I'll get more from it. Yeah. Which, which worked for me, I think. But yeah, he was he was impressive. But it, but it's you got like guys like that. They come into the academy and like the, the jujitsu is really really good. But they walk in and it's kind of. Um, here's, a, here's a set of techniques or here's a system that I use and it's all just like moves and mm. like it's just the, the skill yep. I like I like the seminars I prefer is when someone comes in and their perspective is also like the philosophy yep. you know on improving we had, your um, life as well Fabio uh, he's another B9 um, mm. guy come over from Brazil and uh, he, he does, it's called bjjclub.com don't know if you've heard of it it's on mm. YouTube and he come over here and he, he showed us some cool shit, um, and just the way he was. And yeah, I know you mean like a very inspiring person. Like mm. jujitsu is all over the world now, and not like back in the day. And you know you can come to so many clubs now. I mean there are the few exceptions that won't let you train there if you're from another club and all that. You know, yeah, those sort of cult places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but most of the places I've been to, man, they're pretty cool. Eh? Um, yeah. I think the strictest rule I've had so far is a white gear. That's why I always email them first and go, hey, what's what's a go? I want to do a casual. Mm. So, I've got a I've got a couple of gears, but yeah, that white gear rule. I just um, whenever I in the podcast go to someone's academy, I take my white gear. Just because then there's no... Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, same here. I try not to take... Um, and it sucks, especially when I go to Melbourne. Um, for like pan packs or nationals, I always try to take a, like a white gi and a, a non, uh, non-affiliate rashi. Yeah. But I like competing in my in my bar, uh, B9 gis. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. so I normally just do the no gi classes when I go over there. Just to <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep, you know, keep loose, keep warm sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is I've, I've I've trained over absolute St Kilda, absolute animals, man. I remember that. That was another humbling time. Yeah. With me and a big guy, and massive guy. I was. What was I then? I was, I was, I was blue belt. Yeah, and this is for, this is before I went to Pampex, and I went over there for a holiday, and I got smashed by a white belt. <laughs> just yeah, okay. Just just, I think it might have been just the pressure as well. <laughs> got to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now he was a just a great guy, nice guy. But that that place was awesome. Um, that because they got uh, they got they got out there Lachlan Giles, they got Craig Jones, um, they got Lockie Warren as well. Yeah, even yeah. guys like um, oh, Kit Dale's trained with them a lot. Yeah. I think over the, over the years. I don't I don't Benny, follow Benny Hodgkinson. Yeah, the boy. I, I don't follow it all that much. But man, they're probably like, I mean, the best competitors at the moment in Australia are coming out of that gym. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, 
yeah, probably the uh, they're probably the best uh, stable at the moment. Mm. At least in terms of results, anyway. Mm, yeah. Whether whether there's people coming up or not, I'm sure I'm sure there's people nipping at their well, heels. The guys are coming out of their black belts and winning comps straight off getting their black belts. Mm. You know, and I know that. I'm not saying get me wrong. There's clubs that do that, but you know they're they're getting consistently. Mm. <laughs> you know, they, and if you if you've ever been to the one in St Kilda, wow! If you look around, you see all the uh, medals and trophies and stuff no. like that. And oh, it's a, I haven't been in there, no. But it's a very humbling club as well. It's not big and flash, and yeah, it's just a small. The mat area is not even a full like area. It's like cut off in one section, like part of the building. Is it bigger than this academy? Definitely, no, 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 no. Probably about half the size of this. Yeah, this is a massive space. Mm. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it's a sick <laughs> setup. I'll take photos, but for listeners, there's like a jujitsu mat that's like quite long, the length of the building, um, and then the other side is sort of like a CrossFit sort of looking yeah, workout so station. CrossFit strength and training, mm. strength and uh, strength and conditioning. They've got it all, but the uh, the artwork is man. The artwork takes me back to being a kid. It's awesome, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, so, it's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. I like it. I'm going to take photos of it. <laughs> yeah, do it, man. People love you. So make sure you tag your mate. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you reckon, mate? Is this about it, eh? Do you, anything you want to um, leave us with or anything yeah, you want to leave, leave listeners for, with? Yeah, I'd like to say, like, hey, guys, I know you, like, especially uh, when you get your blue belt and you disappear, you can always come back. I've done it twice, twice as a blue belt. I, uh, one, I had a, uh, uh, one time was just because of... Um, I don't know, I sort of gave up, got my blue belt and just sort of gave up for a while. Mm. And another one was just injuries, but um, you can make your way back and just keep doing it. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, beautiful community. Um, you know, you, you got the, you know, you got your brothers and sisters out there. Um, and as much as you don't feel like you should be there, they need you there because that's one extra person that gets, because mm. it's, it's, a, it's a team thing, jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, it, you can you can roll around with your dummy all you like at home, but it, you're not going to get the same differences that you will with every person you roll with. And you need to, yeah, just keep coming, keep doing it. You know, um, even your lifestyle, like uh, <clears throat> come which Gracie said it. And he goes, but you know, it's, it's it's no matter what choke or pressure you're under, there's always an escape. Mm. Um, it's on that movie Choke, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that always sticks in my head, eh? Nowadays, every time I feel. Is that Chris? Shit. Chris Hortner? Hortner? Is that mm. his name? I can't remember, but yeah, I've, I watched the, I watched the film, and it's a good sentiment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's always no matter what position. I think it might be Henzo Gracie actually said it. No matter what choke lock, whatever. But you know, guys, just just keep turning up. Um, you know, if you're just going to do maintenance, come down once a week. If you're injured, just come down and help the coach. The coaches yeah. love that stuff. Like, um, you know, just come down and help the new guys, you know, give, give them a bit of guidance. Um, you know, two times a week, you're going to get better. Three times a week, you're going to become a beast. Four times a week, you're going to become Max Hearn. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that's it for me, man. That's sweet. Thanks so much. And I appreciate you being, um, sharing like your story, a little bit vulnerable, maybe not maybe a little bit nerve-wracking to put it on here. I always shit myself. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Please don't judge. Uh, amen. But yeah. Who cares, man? It's in the past, and you're mm. obviously showing how it can improve your life doing martial arts. So that's that's one example right there, and that's that's what this podcast is about. So yeah, thanks very much. I appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. Cheers, everybody.